our worship team that sacrificed uh, to go over there and and uh, to lead that worship. I got to go a couple of nights, and it was awesome worship. It was good, and uh, and uh, for uh, Cody and um, Casey going and working with the kids, and I'm, I hope I didn't miss nobody else. If you went, I appreciate you, um, but. It was a it was an awesome camp. I appreciate everything everybody does serving in the church to make things happen, and uh, just to you do it out of love for Jesus, and that's awesome. <clears throat> so, looking in Genesis chapter eighteen, again, I'm just kind of to a place where I'm studying, and I'm just going to share with you what what I studied on, and hopefully, you'll get something that you can take home and build on this week. I'm kind of really trying to move away from the whole three points in a poem sermon stuff. And uh, just hopefully just to speak God's word. And uh, because here's the thing, you know, a lot of times we, I think a lot of us are so confused on what what Christianity is and what God's desire is for it. And we, we get caught up in it's, you know, a place that you go or... Uh, where you serve or looking for God's purpose and plan in your life. And if you, if you look at the scripture for what biblical Christianity is, it's, it's not about where you go or where you serve or your purpose. It's about who you love. And more importantly, it's about who loves you. <clears throat> and so God desires more than anything else from us above, above serving, above your church attendance. You know, given or anything else that you feel like uh, is a part of Christianity, God wants more than anything to build a relationship. That's what that's what Christianity is all about. It's about you having a relationship with God that sin robbed you from. Jesus died to restore what He intended in in the first place. And you know, you see that God walked with. Adam and Eve in the garden every evening when he created them prior to the fall, just talking with them, fellowship, spend time. They were just, you know, you can imagine out of everything that was there, because it looked very differently than what we have here, how awesome it must have been. Yet when when the Lord came, they were just consumed by him and his glory. And I believe that's what heaven's going to be like. Heaven's going to be, you know, awesome as far as what all God's done. He said he's going to prepare for us a place. But more than anything, heaven's going to be just looking at Jesus. <clears throat> and so uh, <clears throat> we look in Genesis chapter 18. I'll just tell you how I got this, and, and we'll go from there. Okay, Genesis chapter 18, verse 1 says, Then the Lord appeared to him, or Abram, who is talking about, the Lord appeared to him by the terebinth trees of Mamre, as he was sitting in the tent of his door in the heat of the day. It must have been June. <laughs> Amen. So he lifted his eyes, and he looked, and behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them, and he bowed himself to the ground. And he said, My Lord, if I have now found favor or grace in your sight, do not pass on by your servant. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh your hearts after that you may pass by inasmuch as you have come to your servant. And they said to him, Do as you have said. 
So Abraham hurried into the tent to, to Sarah, and he said, Quickly make ready three measures of fine meal, knead it, and, and make cakes. And Abraham ran to the herd. He took a tender and a good calf. You know, he didn't take some old janky, lame calf he wasn't going to make no money on. He took a tender and a good calf. He gave it to the young man. He hastened to prepare it. So he took butter and milk and a calf, which... He had prepared and set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree as they ate. And then they said to him, Where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, Here in the tent. And I'm going to stop right there. You know, when I've been studying the Bible here lately, I've just been uh, asking God a lot of questions. And if you're here Sunday night, you know some of the questions I'm asking. And and, uh, and I think asking questions is good. Asking questions is seeking, Lord. Sometimes we're afraid to ask questions because we might be afraid either of the answer or, or not getting an answer. And I think too many believers today have accepted, uh, the, the God that a lot of, uh, modern day religion has given us and, and anything outside of that box we think is weird. So you're probably gonna think I'm weird this morning. So anyhow, that's okay. If we get too weird, you... Whatever. But, so I was sitting here and I was studying God's Word, and I'll just tell you how I did it, maybe to help you. Where it says, Then the Lord appeared unto him by the terebinth trees. I thought, all right, here's Abraham, and it's hot, and he's sitting in, in the door of his tent in the middle of the day, and he looks up, and, and just so you'll know, these three men, one of them was Jesus prior to his birth, okay? Jesus has always been, there's several Old Testament uh, places where when it talks about the angel of the Lord, it's a reference to Christ Jesus prior to him becoming a man. He came incarnate in a body uh, and appeared to Abram here. The, the other two we know when you keep reading it, you know that they're angels that was with the Lord. And so here's Abram and all of a sudden the Lord shows up at his house. Notice he didn't show up at church. He showed up at his house in the heat of the day. And so, <clears throat> so I was praying while I was studying. I said, Lord... You know, it'd be nice if you'd do that now. You know, if you would show yourself and and manifest yourself, and and then I started asking God, do, do you do that? Do you show yourself? I mean, you know, I hear different things from different people, and I know I'm always going to other countries. I'm not saying America's, you know, forsaken, but I, you know, I hear different ones who, you know, and I'm not a wacko, and I, I know there's a lot of whack stuff going on about seeing Jesus and that kind of stuff, but just out of curiosity, I just prayed and I said, Lord, you know. You do that, and, and immediately in my mind, God brought a scripture, and I'm like, that's good, I like that. I want you to look real quick in John chapter 14 and verse 23. This is the New Testament. Jesus is talking to his disciples. Before any of you get up and walk out, I didn't see Jesus physically appear to me this week, all right? It'd be cool if I did. But, uh, and, and if he wants to do that, I'm all about it. <clears throat> But, so I'm looking and, and I'm seeking this. And I think questions cause you to seek. And as long as you're seeking God's word and not just some experience. And uh, Jesus is talking to his disciples here. Let's start in verse 19. He said, a little while longer and the world will see me no more. But you, he's talking to believers, but you will see me because I live. You will also live or you will live also. At that day you will know that I am. In my Father, and you and me, and I and you, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him. And notice what it says, and manifest myself to him. 
Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And I want you to get that because I'm going to comment on that saying, not to the world. And then Jesus answered and said, if anyone, this is the most important part you get right here. If anyone loves me, the whole basis of your relationship to Jesus revolves around that right there. Why you serve, why you go to church, why you, why you try to put certain things out of your life, why you forsake sin, why you worship, why you preach, why you teach, why you love your wives as Christ loved the church, why you submit to your husbands and honor them, why you raise your kids for the Lord, why you, all the things that you do has to come from that right there. He said, if you love me, and I, I looked at that this week and I thought, Lord, do I, do I really love you? I, I love ministry, and, and you know, and I, I love you know the things about being used by God. And the, you know, the Lord kind of bring me back to a place to go. It's not about ministry or church or worship or trying to get people motivated for the Lord. The question is, do, do you just love me? And He says, if anyone loves me, they will. That's what it says. They will keep my word and my father will love him and will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words and the word which you hear is not mine but the father who sent me. And so he says right there, I'm going to show myself to you. If you love me and you obey my word and you walk in my word, then my father and I are going to come. We're going to make our home with you. Not just, you know, I'm not, don't, don't get in your head this physical appearance, all right? I'm talking about knowing God. Now you remember that, that things change with the Lord. He said, He told them, You're not going to see me. But remember that on the day of Pentecost, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, God began to deal with men in a different way. I think a greater way because Jesus said, I'm going away and I'm going to send the comforter to you. You need this. Remember when Jesus was in the flesh, he could only be at one place at one time, but with, but but revealing himself through the Holy Spirit, he can be at everywhere in all places and minister to everybody at the same time. And so in that, <clears throat> when you look and say, well, how, how does God reveal himself to us? I, I, I want more than anything out of this message for you to come to a place to where you don't settle to think that all there is to your relationship with God is that you that you stop your bad habits and you and you try to do some good things for people and you come to church and you sing. There's so much more to God than that. God is the same, the Bible says. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His desires have not changed. He wants you to know Him, to hear Him. He shows Himself to us and God reveals Himself to us, listen to me, through the Holy Spirit in so many different ways. Now, namely, I believe that God shows itself through the Word and through the body, which is God's people. God wants to reveal Himself to us through through His people, through the body of Christ. When you get into God's Word, God speaks to you through the Word. And it's not just a book of knowledge. It's not just so you can know something else or so that you can figure out a tricky passage of Scripture. But it's the living, breathed Word of God that the Holy Spirit brings at certain points in time of your life. And it's God speaking to you. You get that? The God that, the, the same God that spoke creation into existence is the one who's speaking to you through His words. Why? His word is so holy and so powerful because it comes alive. But listen to me. When, when God showed Himself to Abraham, like I said, this wasn't in a religious setting. 
It wasn't in a group of people. It wasn't at a conference or a concert. Not to say that God doesn't, but, but I'm saying namely, it seems like people, that's when they expect to hear from the Lord. Or they expect to see God. You know, we pray, God, I want to see you today and, and we want to see what you do today and all this. And we're looking for the Lord, but, but there's no religious setting here. This is not a church gathering. It's not even a group of people. We're talking about Abraham sitting, you know, maybe on a Tuesday in the middle of the day. It was hot. Maybe he finished fooling with the cows and he's like, man, I need a break. And y'all relate to that this week. And he, so he goes and he sits down under the shade of a tree. In his tent, and all of a sudden, the Lord shows up. I also want to bring out, like I said a little ago, where it says he, he's not going to show himself to the world. This was not for a sign. There are people all the time who want to test God and go, well, then God, God needs to show himself to me. God, if you're real, show yourself to me. And, and they're always looking for a sign. You won't see that anywhere in Scripture. God doesn't owe us anything, and he doesn't put on a circus show. And if you'll look and see what Scripture said, God didn't show himself to any unbeliever when he was raised. When Jesus rose from the dead, he revealed himself to believers. He reveals himself to those who love him and believe his word. He reveals himself to those who seek after him. But as far as God saying, you know, uh, somebody praying like, well, if God won't do it, then show himself. Well, open your eyes, because the Bible says he's created everything, and he's shown his glory through that creation. He's given you a conscience, and in that, he said, you're accountable. We, we, are, we are very prideful and arrogant when we come to a place where, you know what, I, I want to see, you know, God. I want God to show himself to me. And Jesus, most of the time, when he showed himself after the resurrection, it was not in some big showy place. He went to James, his brother, by himself. He showed himself to Peter. Remember, he came walking along the lake shore one morning. They were fishing and revealed himself to them then. Paul on the road to Damascus. Paul wasn't standing in a, in a synagogue and, 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 you know, looking for Christians and announcing what he was going to do. And all of a sudden, a bright light from heaven. Everybody's like, whoa. God waited till Paul was basically off by himself with a small group that was traveling with him. And they didn't even see the Lord. Only Paul saw him. See, we need to get a biblical view of how God works if we're going to experience what God has. Because here's what I want you to get. Here's, here's what I see when I study the scripture, especially here with, with the life of Abraham, David, any of them, uh, Isaiah, those who saw the Lord and the disciples, even in the New Testament, there were people who saw the Lord up in a, a it was usually a very close and a personal way. In everyday, day-to-day life. Abraham's just living day-to-day life here. He's not fasting, you know, having some kind of, you know, seance or whatever. He just, he just walks with the Lord and his heart desires to know God and desires to, to be with the Lord. And the Lord shows himself just like it talks about here in, in us. John chapter 14 and verse 23. Now, here's the thing. That I think where we had the problem, we need to learn to recognize and acknowledge God when you see Him. Because God works in and around our lives each and every day and God shows Himself to us. Understand this, the Bible says that the Word of God is spiritually discerned means a carnal mind, an unbelieving mind cannot receive or understand the things of God. For it is spiritually discerned. That means only when you have the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God within you, will you understand God's Word. 
That means when you're alone at your house and you're seeking the Lord and you're reading God's Word and God speaks to you, you're like, man, that's, the Lord's talking to me. Stop at that moment and go right here. God's showing Himself to me. When I get it, and when I hear it, that's the Spirit of God in you going, I'm teaching you the things that I want you to learn and to know. Lost people don't get that. It's so one of the ways you know you're saved because Jesus said in John chapter 10, my sheep hear my voice. And when we come to God's word, we hear God's voice and we understand God's word and it speaks to our, our inward man. That's how you know your inward man's been made alive. Dead people don't hear. You can go and talk to a dead person all you want to and they won't hear you. So that when you hear the word of God, that means your spirit's been made alive. That's how you know you're a child of God. Ain't that good? Y'all awake this morning? Some of y'all on age going, any minute now he's going to say something stupid. (laughs) Just stay with me. If you'll just pay attention, I'll say something stupid every message, all right? But but here's the thing. When you look at, at the life of Jesus, he walked with multitudes of people. All the way through his ministry, you see that Jesus is surrounded by multitudes of people. And there's one story where it talks about a lady who had an issue of blood for 12 years. She had tried everything, spent all of her money. She wanted to be healed, and she couldn't be healed. And all of a sudden, you see the story where Jesus is walking, and it said that there were so many people in the crowd, they were thronging him. They were just pressing up against him. And all of a sudden, he stops and he says, hey, who just touched me? And the the disciples looked at him and said, what? You know, you're surrounded by all these people pressing against you and pushing on you. And you ask who touched you? And all of a sudden the crowd kind of parted and there was this lady. She had crawled through the crowd, made her way through all of it. And she believed in her heart, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. And when she touched him, he said, power or virtue left me. Even though he was surrounded by multitudes, only one person saw him. Only she touched him in a different way. She approached him in a different way. So for, for skeptics who go, I, I don't believe you can hear God anymore, see God anymore, I don't believe that, this, that, you're not going to. You're, you're not going to. But maybe there's those who go, I want to hear God. And I want to see God and I want to know God in a very up close and personal way. So you approach God in a different way. And you see the power of God in your life released in a different way. Test me on that, all right? But then you also see that he was surrounded by, you know, think about great religious leaders. They wanted to kill him. They didn't even recognize him. And they knew the Old Testament better than any of us. And yet they didn't see him and recognize him. They failed to recognize him. You also remember the woman at the well in John chapter 4. Remember Jesus went to the well and this woman shows up. She's a Samaritan woman. And uh, all of a sudden uh, Jesus said, uh, would you give me a drink of water? And they didn't do that in that culture. You know, men didn't. Talk to the women like that, especially a Samaritan woman. She's a questionable character. But anyhow, Jesus was reaching out to her and he said, will you give me a drink? And she said, who are you, a Jew, asking a drink of a woman who's a Samaritan? He said, if you knew who it was asking you for a drink, you would have asked me for a drink. I would have given it to you and you would have never thirsted again. He's talking about the salvation and the Holy Spirit. He's the living water. And so the story goes, she starts, he asked her some questions, she asked him some questions, and at the end of their conversation, she said, we know that the Messiah is coming, and he will reveal all things to us, and he said, you talking to him. 
He revealed it to her and she believed. Okay, she, now get this, and I, this is totally off subject, but notice this. When he revealed himself to this lady, she dropped her water pot, set it down, and she headed back to town. She went and told everybody, come and see this man. This is the Messiah. Okay? She didn't say, well, do I need to invite you into my heart? She didn't say, Jesus didn't say, you need to accept me as your Savior. You need to pray the sinner's prayer. She heard. He revealed. She believed. She was changed. What I want to say, and there's just multitudes. We won't go into it for time's sake, but, but I believe God wants to show himself to the people who want to see him. He said, if you search for me, if you seek for me with all your heart, you'll find me. Now, lazy Americans, we don't want to do all that. We, we want to come to God with a uh, entitlement. Well, I come to church and, you know, Lord, that was just a message or I don't know. <laughs> You know, you expect, I don't know what we expect, but, but when you talk about, do you really think that the things of God are cheap or so simple that, that God's just waiting to have go, oh, if you'll just, if you'll just, just for a minute, I'll just, boo, I'll pour out a blessing on you a million dollars. You know, that's the way we've, that's the way we got an idea of God, or maybe the way that we've been taught that, that, you know, just because we show up at church once a week or three times a week for 30 minutes, that God ought to just be doing backflips to, to pour out His glory on us. And the Lord's like, do you really think that what I have for you is that cheap? That cheap? Because things that we think are valuable, we're willing to do whatever to attain. Right? Some of us are working 30 years to pay for a house that's going to fall down. But we'll sacrifice 30 years for that. We'll sacrifice, used to be four, now seven, eight, ten years for a car, ten years for a boat. I mean, we'll go out in this wretched heat every day. And the Lord's like, will you seek me? You know why I do that? You know, I love a house. I love a car. I love a boat. I love my family. Let's be real. Y'all love your junk too, right? That's not, well, we don't do it for that, preacher. Yeah, right. We love it. But the question is, Jesus said, do you love me? Will you seek me with that fervency? Will you seek me for 40 hours a week? Wait a second. What about four minutes? No, what about 40 hours? Well, I beg and seek and look and, and I'm so hungry to know God, to dig into work. God, I just want to know you. I want to know more about you. I want to know. I want you to come out of this book and I want you to come in me. I want you to be alive in me and I want to see and experience who you are. I don't need a circus show, God, but I don't want to miss it for religion. And, uh, and so in that, God, Remember what John, what Jesus said in John chapter 15? Jesus said, abide in me. Abide in me. That's what he wants. He wants me to just be with him all the time. He told the, the disciples, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. He didn't say, go out and be fishers of men. He said, you follow me. Just hang with me. Stay with me. Abide with me. Dwell with me. Walk with me. Talk with me. Look at Jesus' life. Everything about his life, he had more time than he had in the crowds he had with the twelve. Out in a boat, on, on, a, on, a, on, a, on the bank, up in a mountain, he would spend time. He taught his deepest truth in those settings. In a very up and close and personal way. Now, I'm going to give you something. This word gets crazy. No, it's not crazy. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. Some of you probably go, well, he's hearing stuff, but whatever. You do what you want to do, and I'm going to do what I'm going to do, okay? 
So I'm going to tell you, I, honestly, I could stand here all day and tell you stories where I've seen God and I've heard God, you know, whether it was through ministry or in your lives and other people. We could go all over the crowd and go, I saw God in you and I've seen God in you and I saw God in you and heard God through you speaking and, and those things. In a, in a, I don't like to use the word religious, but in a church setting, okay? And you have probably two. So, I, so I'm not giving you those illustrations. If you want to hear them, most all day, but most of you probably don't. I want to give you just a simple illustration of what I'm talking about hearing God. Some of you will relate to this, some of you won't. Get your own illustration, okay? <clears throat> Y'all know I love to deer hunt. I love it. And, uh, and I went to, and this happened multiple times, okay? But I went to uh, Kansas back in 2014. I think I've, I've told maybe a couple of you the story. I told David, and he didn't think I was crazy. And yeah, I told Nathan, he thought I was crazy. But anyhow, I went back. Well, anyhow, long story short, so I go to Kansas, and, uh, and I'm hunting, me and Cody's hunting, bow hunting, and and I had seen a pretty good deer, and I was trying to get on that deer, and, and one morning I climbed up, ain't a whole lot of trees in Kansas, so I climbed up this little old scrub tree, and I was sitting uh, on, a, on a limb, and uh, it got to be, I'd, I'd done seen the deer I wanted, and he got away from me, and it got to be about maybe 9 o'clock, and Cody texted me on his phone, he said, Dad, I, you know, I've got a giant in the field, and I'm like, try calling him, you know, rattle, and blow a grunt call, do something, because he was with a doe, and, and it, anyhow, he sent me a picture of it, and it was a giant, later on a guy killed it, and it was 180-inch deer, you ladies know what I'm talking about, <laughs> and, but anyhow, I got away, within a little bit, he texted me again, and said, Dad, there's a big one, there's a big one down in the other end of the field, he was, he was probably three or 400 yards from me, big old wood line and a draw between us, and he's like, he's down on the other end, I said, well, get down and go after him. He said, I, I, I ain't going to get down and go after him. I'm hoping this one's come back. He said, you go after him. If you know anything about bow hunting, the chances of getting on the ground, slipping up on two sets of eyes, and, and killing it within 30 yards is pretty much just, I mean, it's like minute, very shallow chance you're going to do that. So logically, I said, I texted him back, I said, I ain't getting down. I'm going to sit where I'm at. And I hung up the phone, and I texted him back, I said, how big? He said, it's a good one. I can see the you know, horns from here, 500 yards away. And, and I said, all right, well, you know, they ain't, I ain't going to be able to get that deer like that. He's out in an open field with a doe. And so I, I just um, I shut it off. And I'm telling you right now, I heard God speak to me so clear, in, not out loud. In my spirit went, get down and go after that deer. I started, and I, ref- I talked to the Lord. I said, Lord, I know the Lord's voice in my hand. I went, Lord. You know, what are the chances of me slipping down and I'm going to mess up my whole hunt? I only got a couple more days. I'm just going to stay here. And Lord went, you need to get down and go after that deer. I have learned over the years I, to listen to that voice. If you don't listen to that voice, you're going to miss out on a lot of good stuff. But I, I went, I did. I looked and I said, okay, Lord, I'm getting down. And I, in my mind, I thought, this is crazy. So I let my bow down. I climbed down. I started going through the leaves. I was headed that way. I went about 25 yards and my phone buzzed. I pulled it out and it's Cody. And I looked and he said, he left the field. <laughs> so I looked and I thought, Lord, you know. You know how you do, you start questioning. Did I really hear what I thought I heard? Anyhow, so I just said, whatever. I done made noise now. So I eased on down. I dropped off into the draw. I went maybe 75 to 100 yards. And, and I come up to this big old oak tree. And I said, it's beautiful. I, I just sat down by the oak tree. And the, and the, the um, creek was on this side of me. It was going through there. And, and I sat there and... For maybe two or three minutes, and and I, I was watching squirrels, 
Anyhow, this has something to do with the message. Stay with me. And, and I prayed right there. I, I did just whispered. I said, Lord, you could bring me that deer if you wanted to. That's all I prayed. You know, some of y'all think, I know y'all think this is crazy, but this just, it's who I am. I believe God loves everyday life, and I walk with the Lord every day. I don't leave the Lord at, you know, back at the hunting camp. You're crazy if you do, but, so I just pray, I said, Lord, you, you could bring this deer to me if you wanted to. God striped me dead. I'm not stretching a story. Less than 30 seconds, I look up about 150 yards in a doe, and here comes that buck off into the bottom I'm in. I'm like, oh, man. If you know anything about deer hunting, the chances of that buck leaving that doe is really slim, okay? So I sit there, and they're about 100 or so yards away, and they come down in there feeding around. They're actually fixing to go away from me, so I took out my call, and I hit that call a couple times, and he turned, and he looked. I started praying, God, please, please bring me this deer. It's the biggest deer of my life, Lord, please. So he stood there for a second. I hit it, and he looked again. He looked at the doe, and he turned here. He started coming. And anyhow, long story short, he worked his way down through there, and and I I hit him again on the call. He dropped off into the creek, and I was like, Lord, I'm sitting here in the wide open up against a tree with a bow, and and I've got the attention of some more men in here than I've ever had. Anyhow, he's walking, and I'm sitting there, and a long story short, there, and, and from the time that I sat down and prayed to the time he's within 10 yards of me on the ground is, is less than two minutes, and I drew back and shot him, and biggest buck of my life, and, and at that moment, I lost it. Not over the deer, I, I dropped my bow, and I just raised my hands, thank you, Jesus. I, and I, I could give you a hundred stories, not on big books, but just on thing, on does and spikes and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> on things like that to where I go, I know God's voice. God, God speaks to us so clearly. You say, well, that was just, no, 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 no. You do what you want to do. That's right. And it's not just hunting with me, okay? There's a lot of different things, but I know when God, God speaks in your spirit. You say, how do you know you're saved? I, I, I know, well, there's a bunch of ways, but one of the ways I know, I know God's voice. I hear God's voice very clear. And you say, well, I ain't never had that happen to me. I don't know what to tell you, okay? All I can say is maybe you need to start taking God with you where you go. And, and I want <clears throat> to, I'm, I'm out of time, so I want to I wanna close up with this real quick, all right? Look back in Genesis. Let me get there. Look back in Genesis 18. We're gonna, I'm going to blast through this in about five minutes. Do you see the, just a couple of things I want to bring out? You had to finish studying it for yourself. When 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 Abram saw, he recognized that it was the Lord's. How did he recognize? I don't know. He just knew the Lord. Don't you recognize the Lord when he shows up? <laughs> but he says uh, there, he says, My Lord, if I have found grace, remember Abraham was a grace covenant. He understood grace. And notice what grace causes. The reason I think a lot of people don't hear or see the Lord is because you've got some kind of law-based relationship thinking, all right, God's not happy with me. God is happy with me. I need to keep the rules and all that stuff. And you don't, it's not a love relationship based upon God's grace and love towards you. If I found grace in your side, do not pay. He ran to the Lord. How many of you would run to Jesus if he showed up at your house? You're like, I'm so glad that you're here. And all of a sudden he's like, let me, if y'all just notice this, how different this is from modern day church. Abraham didn't say, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to let you do something for me. I'm going to let you wash my feet. And I'm going to let you speak to me and bless me and give me a blessing. Abraham said, y'all come and sit down in the shade. And I, I want to I wanna wash your feet. 
and I want to serve you. And I want to, and he was wanting to. There wasn't no preacher going to Abraham, you ought to be serving, right? He was wanting to, and so he's like, I want to wash feet, and I want to give you not just, you know, just a baloney, I'm, I'm going to go kill the best calf I got. And if you wonder if we're going to eat in heaven, will you please look at that? When you study your Bible, go, on. not only do I want to learn what God has for me, but I want to learn who God is. God is sitting under an oak tree eating a sirloin or ribeye, whatever it was. That's what he's doing. We're going to eat in heaven? Yeah, the Lord's eating, the angels are eating. What do you think heaven's going to be? It ain't going to be keto, whatever that day is we on. All right? It's going to be a big, thick, fat... Sirloin, and, and also if you look at the wording there, he also had yogurt. So that's in the Greek or the Hebrew, that's Andes, amen? <laughs> and so he, but, but notice what he says, this is so awesome. We, we think God has our life just like a regimen where it's like, you do this, 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 this. Abraham just said, I'd love to do this for you, Lord. And he said, do as you have said, whatever you want to do. How many of you came to church this morning with something you wanted to give to the Lord? How many of you came with a consumer mentality going, I hope I get something. I hope it's good. I hope you don't go too long, blah, blah. Yeah, you're right. But how many of you came with, Lord, I, I just love to do this for you. So many of us sit by waiting on God to give us a, well, what is your calling? Well, it's this, God, God, you do this, 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 this. Maybe it's the Lord's like, what do you want to do? Lord, I'd, I'd love to do this for you. Then do it. And And the Lord sits there, and what's awesome is, uh, Abraham and Sarah both joined in, and they they prepared it for the Lord. and And uh, he says, I like the part where he says, "After this, let me find it." And Abraham ran to the herd, took tender and a good calf, gave it to the young man, hastened and prepared. So he took he took butter, milk, and the calf which he had prepared. He set it before them. Notice what it says right here. So he stood by them under the tree as they ate. We're the ones who want to be fed. Abraham's doing the feeding. You see that? He's like, Lord, this ain't about me. This is, he, he saw this time where the Lord came to him in fellowship to go, Oh, this is such an opportunity to, to, to serve the Lord and to give to the Lord. That's a heart of love. That's a heart that understands grace. That's a heart that understands what he's beginning. That's not a heart going, I just want more. Why don't God show himself to me? And why don't the preacher feed me? You know what I'm saying? That's a heart that goes, I, I don't even care if that moron gets up and talks today. I've got something I just want to pour out to the Lord. I want to give it to the Lord. It don't even have to be at a church service. Lord, today, here's what I would like to do for you today. Whatever it is. You know what the Lord usually says? All right, do what you said. And then finishing up, man, there's so much in this that we got to skip. So much digging it this week, all right? After all of this, you say, I, I just want to hear from God. I want clear direction in my life. After a time of fellowship on an everyday basis and Abraham worshiping and just showing his love to God, now God gives him clear direction. He's hearing very clearly. He says in verse 10, he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, who at that time was 90 years old, will have a son. Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age. Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Therefore, notice what happened. Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I have grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh? She didn't laugh out loud. She doubted and she laughed within herself. That's, you see how close God wants to be with you? 
But I'm out of time, and I do want to finish with this. If you read it for yourself, Abraham's, I mean, Sarah was like, I didn't laugh, and the Lord's like, oh, but you did laugh. Here's what I saw in Jesus, that he didn't say, Sarah, who do you think you are doubting me? You laughed. You laughed. You doubted. He didn't do that. He's like, I'm going to do what I say, even if you laugh. God is so good to us. It's okay if you have some doubts. It's, God's okay with your questions and your doubts. And sometimes when we look at God's promises in ourselves, we don't want God to hear, but we laugh and go, you're right. You're right. And the Lord's like, I'm okay. I'm fixing to show you who I am. I'm going to do what I say because even your doubt doesn't stop God from doing what he's promised. Right, and what was cool was, lady, keep reading. When they, had, when they had the son, they named him Isaac. You know what Isaac means? Laughter. Every time they called Isaac, Sarah was reminded, man, I laughed. And I just see God, God is so in that. He, I, God's got a sense of humor. He's like, y'all, y'all don't know nothing. There's, I encourage you today, just seek the Lord. Don't, don't settle for, you know, just this or, or what you've heard. Get into God's word and go, God, I really want to know you. I, I believe you. I don't know everything. I know it's, God wants to have an everyday personal, that's what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus where you hear him, where he's guiding you, where he leads you. If you're here and, and you, you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, and maybe you're a skeptic, it, it's not about church or you coming up here and making a profession. It's about you're, that right there, that relationship that God created you to have was severed because you were kidnapped by the devil himself through sin, who who is leading you in a way of destruction and death, separation from God. God loved you so much that Jesus died, paid paid for that sin to buy you back as a ransom so that you could be here. And so many of us have been bought and so many of us have been saved and we're we're way out there. Last story. You remember we talked about Lot. Lot was a believer. But Lot, where was Lot? Lot was down over here in Sodom, which is representative of our culture. He was all up amongst it. Keep reading and we'll stay later. God sent two angels because he was fixing to bring judgment and wrath upon Sodom. Okay, He went and sent two angels. But get this, the Lord didn't go himself. The Lord stayed with Abram. You're sitting here and you're a believer and you go, I, I don't hear the Lord. I don't, I don't hear his voice. And I am, I am a believer, but I don't see God in these ways. And I don't, maybe it's because you're down there with Lot. Maybe it's because you're off in, in this culture so much. God, God's not getting a shout match. He doesn't have competition. And God's like, this is where I'm at. And if you want to know me, you come up here where I'm at. You, you, you come close to me and you seek me. He does have a plan for your life. He, but it's all about who he is and he's willing to show himself to whoever will, will seek him and love him. Will you stand with your head bowed and your eyes closed? Let's have a word of prayer. <clears throat> Lord, I, I just, uh, thank you so much that you love us. Um, I thank you that you love everything about us, God, that you are so involved in our everyday life, Lord, whether it's, whether it's at work or whether it's in our homes, whether it's where we're having our fun. I thank you, Lord, that you go with us, uh, Lord, that you even want to give us things that have, they don't even have eternal value, but you love us enough just to bless us with temporary things. 
that you care about things that nobody else cares about. And that's the place where you show yourself and show your love probably in the greatest ways, Lord. Not to groups and to crowds, but Lord, just to us as individuals. I pray every person here knows you in that way. Lord, I also pray if there's someone here that doesn't know you, that hasn't received forgiveness for their sin, that hasn't turned their heart to you to be saved and and born of your spirit, God, today, right where they stand, they just humble themselves, Lord, and uh, God, you would save them. Lord, I pray as your people, we'd, we'd never settle, uh, Lord, for what's trying to be sold to us for who you are. But God, we for ourselves would have such a longing and a, and a love for you with, that we would just pursue uh, to know you for who you are, God, and uh, and don't care what anybody thinks about it. God, we just pray you're glorified in our lives. We pray, Lord, that you would work through us, not only for us, but, God, for other people, that we would we would show you to other people, God, and uh, they would see your great love. We just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.